Hello and welcome to the Community Church Podcast, where we want to equip and empower people for life together with Jesus. On this podcast, we'll be talking with lots of different people from all walks of life to help us in our discipleship to Him. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, and thank you for joining us here at the Community Church Podcast. We hope that you are having a fantastic day. Um, And thank you for tuning in because we have a classic interview with Ezekiel Shibemba as he shares a bunch of stuff on what lockdown life's been like in Oldham. He shares some of the the fantastic stories that they've had as a church, what they've encountered, Uh, shares a bit about his experience and his feelings uh, with regards to all the stuff that's been happening uh, lately uh, with racism. Um, as well as bringing an encouragement to the community church where he unpacks stuff from Isaiah 2, which is just excellent. So we hope that you enjoy this um, and uh, be blessed as you do listen. So Ezekiel Shibemba, thank you so much for joining us. It's uh, great what technology can do where we can be joined together when we are... uh, what, 50 miles apart? How far away is Oldham? Far enough. Far enough. Far enough. The place where God lives. I just know it's an hour and plus. <laughs> yes, it is. That's right. So, um, <laughs> great to have you here. We just want to catch up with you, basically, and uh, just see what God's been doing. We're excited to hear about what God's been doing yeah. and to um, delve into the depths of what God's been talking to you guys about. We, we always want to know what God's doing um, because that gets us very excited as well. So would you, I mean, in Oldham, you've um, been really at the forefront of lockdown for quite a while, haven't you? Because you went into a regional lockdown and um, all that. Uh, how has lockdown life been like for, for you personally and for the church? Um, how, how has that affected you guys? Well, I mean, it's pretty much what it's been across the country. Um, and even though we've had like a special lockdown in the last month or so, uh, for a local lockdown is still as confused in terms of the messaging, but you know we we're coping. We are uh, not just coping. I believe we're thriving as the church. We're doing well. Uh, we're you know uh, the plus side to lockdown is that it has given us an avenue of getting in touch with one another that we didn't use before. It was always there. Zoom was always there, uh, you know. But now we've discovered that we can actually. And uh, a lot of uh, folk are finding fresh life to be together uh, with, uh, with others uh, in a Zoom context. So our midweek group, some of them are meeting every week, although we initially we started just with midweek meeting and then a general church meeting. So we're ending up with, in some weeks, the church meeting as a whole and also as midweek groups in, this, you know, in the same week. So it's, it's, it's great that people are finding fresh life in that sense. And then, of course, we haven't had, uh, you know, although we've had a website, we haven't used online uh, messaging as much as we have had to do now. So most of our content, I would say, you know, 90 something percent of what we're doing is online. And we're finding that people from across the world are linking up with us and sending us some messages and getting in touch with us and, you know, getting time to pray with them. So uh, that's exciting. I think on the negative side, it's a lot more just, you know, we know that fellowship is not 
online you know as much as we're making use of online resources it doesn't replace the physical being together having a hug uh you know and and sharing a cup of tea together in, in reality you know rather than online so uh yeah we've had some people that have mentioned uh, <laughs> that have mentioned the struggle uh sometimes with mental health and uh, you know just needing to associate with one another but you know, as you know, even yesterday, with what you're hearing from the government, you know, it's uh, still a time to be very careful in terms of how we conduct our association. So, yeah, but we're doing well. You've been uh, you've been doing quite a bit of on online worship, haven't you? That we, I've been encouraged. I've, I've I've tapped in and put a few thumbs up along the way. So, what, what, how how have you been going about that? So we have. Um, we have our usual meeting on Sunday, which we do live. Uh, so we use a, a website called StreamYard and we stream from there and it's live and everything happens in the whole. If you make a mistake, you make a mistake, that's it. Uh, and uh, we have Combi and Together and uh, they've done that with a guitar and more recently they're using more of uh, backing tracks. and. And we found that they're finding a lot more freedom with the backing tracks. And then on Tuesday evenings at seven o'clock, we have what we call prayer and praise. And one has been leading that all through lockdown, even up to now. And even that has been tremendous because we've seen a lot of miracles. God has done a lot of miracles when we prayed for people on that podium. But we've also had uh, people from Morocco, from Turkey, uh, you know, some of my folks from Zambia, South Africa, Swaziland. And, uh, and different ones have joined in live and others have watched it afterwards and then sent us some messages. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's been, a, it's been much, we've had a lot of life from that. Tell us some of the miracles, some of the stories, Ezekiel. So we've had a, we had a, a, a sister to somebody in the church who was, who the doctor said, basically you don't have a week, you have days to live. The, the condition was so critical. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, the sister came to us and said, this is what my sister has been told. She's a, this lady who was sick is a Christian. And we prayed for her on that prayer. And, you know, she didn't die when the doctor said she was going to die. And particularly she wanted to be part of her grandson's birthday. She was part of that. She was, she was discharged in time to go home. She was fine enough to be there. And she's still... Uh, going on with God. She's not in our church, but in another church somewhere in another town. But she's still going on, and we thank God for that. So uh, we have also seen um, um, there was somebody who was living in, our, in an area which was really rough with gangs. Um, and uh, somebody in the church came and said to us, this is what is going on. Uh, can you pray? And we prayed. And can you imagine the whole gang has been arrested? The all of the whole of the gang has been arrested within days of us praying wow. they've been arrested uh and that that whole uh neighborhood is changing they tell us um and um yeah it's 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 just been exciting to see that we can pray uh, even though we're not there physically and something like that can uh can happen uh, really exciting times yeah have you found that there's been a, a kind of a deeper drawing from people into into a time of prayer, into just calling on God during this time of coronavirus and lockdown? 
Yes. Yeah, so, so normally would you know before the lockdown we used to have a prayer meeting at uh, at seven o'clock on Wednesday morning, so seven to eight. Uh, which changed to with lockdown changed to six thirty to eight, uh, partly because people didn't have to travel into the church building, but also uh, some of the people who were going for work from seven o'clock said they want to be part of it, and we've seen a consistent uh, number of people being part of that, getting engaged with what's going on um, on our streaming, you know, whether it's uh, Facebook streaming for Sunday meeting or Facebook streaming for prayer and praise, or even the podcast that we do on Sunday evenings. Uh, we've seen people get engaged and, and when there's a prayer request, people pray even on, on the comments. So just pray right there. Uh, and like I said, we're seeing God uh, go do some very tremendous miracles in that. What have you been doing on your podcast in terms of content? Uh, are, are you speaking at, about something specifically at the moment, Ezekiel, or is it just a faith word and now word? So the podcast is uh, uh, pretty much done uh, with guests on it. So something similar to this. Yeah. Uh, we have um, we have had guests, uh, especially the younger folk, most of the time. So. We have guys from Swansea, guys from Cardiff. I think Harry has been on that podcast as well. And really, most of what we've done in the last few months has been to interview people, hear their life stories, uh, hear how they engage with God, some of the key changes that happened, when did the significant moments with God happen in their lives, and where are they at now? And, uh, and yeah, that has been very good, very well received. We've had uh, people that haven't been walking with God uh, listen to that and decide that they wanted to uh, to make a firmer commitment. Now, some of these people are, are local to us and they're they are wanting to come to the meeting as soon as they can. Um, others are just far flung around where we don't, you know, we're not in personal contact with them at all, but but they do write us and they talk to us. So, yeah, that's, that's what the content of uh, most of our podcast has been. So, Wana and Emun Randa. Very good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. That's what's the word cast. That That's the word. What's the word? That's the one. That's the one. What's the word? Yeah. Check it out because um, they're doing a great job, and uh, hey, you'll get to listen to me share my story. So it's worth it. Just That's true. <laughs> <laughs> we had a special meeting last Sunday, which which took the slot of the podcast, which was my story. Uh, and this was an outreach event. And what we did was to sort of loop 15 minutes. So we had a bit of a chat. So um, Emon and Anis were hosting for us. And we have a bit of a chat, uh, a bit of a testimony, and, and then some uh, music. And we did that three times for 45 minutes. And uh, we've had uh, maybe so far people that we know, about four or five of them have, have, have contacted us. Some of them we've prayed for. So there was a young lady there who had was having some serious, uh, just bad thoughts in her mind. She she texted. She said, "Can you pray for me?" We prayed for her. We didn't get in touch with her, um, but she's written back saying that she since that day we prayed for her. She slept well. She's had peace in her mind. All the evil thoughts and the bad thoughts that she had have just disappeared. Uh, and so so we're very grateful for that. Um, and it, it has taught us some things that, that, you know, God is actually not limited by time and space. 
<laughs> I mean, we should know that already from our, from Bible college, I'm sure we should know that. But, you know, it's difficult to see uh, when you pray for people uh, and, and something actually happens uh, for them. We have another lady in the church who also just uh, came back to the Lord really in the time of lockdown. She watched one of our streamings and decided that she had to be rededicate her life to Jesus. She had not really been following the Lord. Uh, and this, this, uh, uh, my story that we had on Sunday evening. So she was with her daughter, who is not a Christian, and her daughter uh, has started asking questions wow. uh, a lot more about giving her life to the Lord. Um, uh, we had another lady who um, she has had sort of a bereavement. Her mother passed away, and all these things. So, so one of her daughters was helping her because she. She can't, she can't easily get online on her own. So her daughter was helping her and she ended up watching the, pod, the, the Sunday morning with her. Since, this is like maybe four, five, six weeks ago. Since that time, uh, this daughter has consistently logged in and watched and talking with her mom. And her mom says she's just surprised at how much faith the daughter seems to be exuding. Uh, so we are working to talk to her to hear whether we can you know, how we can lead her to the Lord. So we're really excited about what's happening in this time. Fantastic. Good news. Uh, just uh, what is God really kind of homing into you guys at the moment? What do you feel the Holy Spirit is pressing on your, on your hearts? Um, just you personally during this time, but also to the church. What's he been speaking to you about? So we feel, I feel a lot that um, uh, this time is a, it's like an evaluation time. It's, um, you know, there's the, we've had the three months of heavy restrictions where we didn't really get that much out of the house. Uh, of course, it has since eased then. But, but remember at the height of, of, uh, of the restrictions, uh, I don't know if you read the story, but in America, there was a time when they were, they were wishing to give away the fuel, petrol, because they didn't have a place to store it. Now, you, you and I know petrol is a valuable commodity, you know, but all of a sudden it had dropped value. And I think you could tank for a car. And, and I think that one of the things that God has been uh, doing in this lockdown is to, to help us to reevaluate what is really important in life. What are the things that are valuable? And we've, we've found, as you know, across the country, whether Christian or non-Christian, that we are actually creatures of community. And when, when, the, when we're not together, when we're not with family, uh, when, when the grandparents haven't seen the grandchildren, all of a sudden we find this is more precious than uh, whatever amount of money you can put on it. So God has been, I think, helping us to reevaluate life and what is it that's really valuable and important. Uh, but together with that, I believe that God um, is giving the church an opportunity uh, to make some big changes, uh, you know, to make some serious changes. And I might talk about that a little bit more, but, um, you know, uh, how, how, what kind of opportunity is this that when you go on Facebook, or at least on my, well, the algorithms that check my feed, you know, that, that send my feed. I have, I'm inundated with church services and people preaching and prayer meetings and, you know, 
Um, and I think that one of the things that's happening in this time is just the heightening of the word, the word of God getting out to people uh, in ways that we have not seen uh, before. And I find that really, really exciting because, you know, um, rather than the conspiracy theories of 666, you know, <laughs> I believe that the, Jesus gave us the, the indicator for when he's going to come. The gospel must be preached to the ends of the earth and then the end will come. And, and I believe that we are, we are getting to a place where we are taking the word out in a way that we've never done before. Uh, and I believe that God wants the church to arise in a fresh way um, and to provide answers to uh, so many questions that are being asked uh, um, and, uh, and the challenges that we are facing in ways that the church may not have had a chance to do before. So, so that's, that's what I think. I think that this is a tremendous time of opportunity. You, you Ezekiel, I know with, during this period of time, there has been a lot of, on the Black Lives Matter and after the, around the George Floyd death and stuff, I, I saw some yeah. stuff that you were putting out. And when you're sharing about the church having a voice and needing to step up, we've seen it absent in some, well, in some nations. And uh, it, was, it was quite sad to see. And yet you were able to say something. And I think it's a good example where that that whole endemic racism that can be in society unaddressed and unspoken towards even by the church by us yes. this yes. gave a moment where you were standing up weren't you and you you, you were saying some stuff weren't you yes and um and uh it, it was a sad time you know uh, across the world i believe because the, the demonstrations went across the world Papland, you know india australia people were demonstrating and, and unfortunately it has come down but it the issues haven't actually been dealt with at all. And, and yet, to me, when I read the New Testament, I find a lot that, that part of what Jesus does is to bring unity between Jew and Gentile. And if you like, those would have been the two main races to speak of at that time. Uh, and part of what the Christian message ought to be in this time is how we can bring harmony between, uh, you know, whether it's black or white or, or classes, you know, different classes in, in society and, and all of that. And, and that is not, um, it's not a problem to, be, to run away from. It's an opportunity to, yeah. to embrace uh, because the more, we, the more we deliver on that, uh, the more the church has uh, not just influence but impact. And also the more we draw people into the community because they're going to see that you know there's a community that you can be part of where this kind of difference isn't important at all so we're continuing to do that um, uh, maybe not too long from now I'm, I'm going to try and do some more videos on it uh, and uh, I've been involved in the local church here the uh, churches that we work together with the friends around Oldham uh, and we are to do another vid another set of videos for that uh, to address the question because it's something that we cannot uh, hide away from. People want to be defensive when you talk about racism. Um, uh, and I, I, and you know, I know you mentioned Black Lives Matter, so I try to distance myself from the movement yeah. because the movement you know, has a lot of other sort of things on it. 
but this statement, Black Lives Matter, and the importance of that is, you know, uh, and, and, and I think it, it shouldn't be something that we're defensive about. We just need to take the opportunity that this brings to us uh, and, uh, and ride on it to, to proclaim the unity that Jesus has brought between Jew and Gentile, slave or free, male and female. Uh, all of us are just one together in Christ. It's a, it's a time in history where the church has an opportunity to express its voice about what we'd say kingdom values, the, the life of Jesus that we can live with each other, isn't it? And uh, thanks for the words that you've been speaking into that. We appreciate that. It's good stuff. Well done, Ezekiel. Yeah, excellent. I was part of, I was part of a seminar um, uh, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. It's a, it's a, it's a scholarly seminar. It's a, some uh, sort of theologians around. And, and uh, a question that was asked was uh, quite poignant for my, you know. Um, so he, he said to us, if you, if you were to go in the Manchester Library, Manchester University Library, and go and find books that talk about uh, the theology of race equality amongst the theologians. And the Manchester Library is a huge library. Uh, how many books do you think you find? And we tried to guess, and then he, he brought it down to two. He said, you find two books, um, uh, and one of them is not actually addressing racism, but it, it, it talks a little bit about it. And then he asked a second question. He said, how many books do you think you'd find on the theology of animals? So the question of whether animals have souls and whether they go to heaven and whether you know, there should be a ceremony, uh, some kind of funeral in the church <laughs> for when an animal died. Guess how many books you'll find. And we all guessed we were quite low, but it pumped it up to over 50 books. And part of what that was highlighting is of course that even in terms of how we do academic theology, there's this gap of, you know, uh, just how we don't address this and it doesn't seem to bother us. And I think that the opportunity for us to, to tackle this is now. Sounds like a book in the making, Ezekiel. <laughs> it could be. You are the man. <laughs> yeah. Have you, um, if you don't mind talking about it just a, a bit more, um, how has it been personally for you living in, in the UK um, as, a, as, a, as a black man coming and being integrated into churches and now leading a church um, where I know that it's quite diverse in that church environment? How has it been for you just personally um, in that journey? Yeah, so my, my upbringing, um, as a Baptist pastor, he was a leader uh, and uh, very much, you know, like early 60s, associated very much with the American uh, missionaries. So I have a very strong awareness of the difference of race relations, just the way I grew up. I grew up with a lot of uh, young people who were white. They were in our home. I was in their home and that sort of thing. So, but when I came to the UK, um, uh, so it, so I don't live from the perspective, you, you understand? I don't live from the perspective, some people do, where they're just aware of the difference all the time. Uh, but there are moments that you, you find, okay, now this is, <laughs> this is what they mean. So one time, I, I think I 
I shared on the video, one time I was having a, no, some friends of mine were having a meal and I was passing and they, and they called me over. They said, come on, Ezekiel, come and, you know, just chat with me, chat with us. So I went and sat next to them and I had bought some takeaway food. I was going to eat somewhere and then I'll go back to the library. Anyway, uh, as soon as I sat down, somebody from the shop, from the cafe came out and, and tried to ask if everything was okay. And they were indicating that if it was, if I was being a problem to this couple, white couple, that they would remove me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was, it was quite embarrassing, but, um, but so you realize that it's not quite, um, yeah, there is still that sort of uh, mentality. And then, and then of course, when Brexit vote came out, uh, somebody in the church and myself uh, were not together at different moments, but somebody in the church just told me, uh, told me that they, they had some people shout at them to go back home. And, and I had people drive past me. They wouldn't, they wouldn't drive very fast. They slowed down and made sure they said, it's Brexit, you need to get back uh, to your country. Uh, so you do sort of experience uh, that kind of uh, attitude. And, and I also mentioned that uh, when we were planting the church here, um, somebody said it'd be interesting to see to see how the people in Oldham respond to you because they're black. And immediately, that I, I didn't think that was appropriate. I so you could talk to me about whether I've got the management skills or about the anointing. You don't you don't have to measure on the race issue. So, um, so there are these things that are there that you know we we have to deal with. Um, uh, but you know, um, I think there are tremendous opportunities, though, and I don't. I feel like I've been welcomed, having come. I, I came in, in the UK in two thousand. I've had the space to share and minister. I've found acceptance amongst the, you know, the community of believers that I'm part of, and I've found tremendous uh, encouragement in sharing with the ministry in in all of that. Um, yeah, but at the same time, the community is a community that needs help, and uh, and we need to work towards uh, dealing with that. Hey, Ezekiel. I mean, our hearts our hearts ache because sometimes you just feel well. We could go George Floyd, but how can a man get shot seven times in the back? I mean, we we could go on and on, and that's the tragedy. And it can paralyze us sometimes to feel that well what difference does it make nothing will change but we mustn't allow that to be the case so keep speaking my friend and keep informing keep enlightening people and uh, and we'll do the best that we can as well and pray god that we break through in attitudes uh, across nations so as you said it and the, that whole awareness will dip as coronavirus or something else comes along Comes up, yeah. We don't want that to happen, do we? We want there to be the momentum to see real tangible change in our society. And and as you said, the church has a voice, and we must be we, we must yes. be silent. We must speak out. So keep speaking, my friend. Keep speaking. Just Thank uh, you. Uh, what would you come and bring to the folks here in the community church? What encouragement would you say for them as they? Uh, carry on in their walk with Jesus over the coming weeks and months? So I would turn to the scriptures in, um, in Isaiah chapter 2. 
it's really one of the scriptures that I measure on in many ways, <laughs> including my thesis. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, Isaiah chapter two. Thank you. For, for anybody who's listening, you need to know that. How long have you been doing your, your doctorate for? So uh, I do the doctorate part-time and that takes six years. And I'm in my sixth year now. Epic. But you're close to the finishing line, aren't you? I'm closer than when I began. <laughs> <laughs> Keep pressing on. Go on, sorry. Read us from Isaiah chapter 2. Uh, Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, come. Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways he, that, so that uh, we may walk in his paths. The Lord will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat uh, their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train uh, for war anymore. The thing is this, you see, uh, there are two ways you can uh, try and find out what kind of church we need to be today. Uh, and many people go to the book of Acts to, to discover how the early church was and what they were doing and, and try to uh, align with that. And that's it's, it's in perfect order. I believe a much more significant way of realizing the, the age that we're in, the uh, is to look at the prophetic calendar. And uh, what Isaiah gives us in uh, the whole of Isaiah and, and several other prophets in the Old Testament, what they give us is the insight into the days that we live in today. And, um, and in this passage, Isaiah indicates for us uh, uh, prophetically what the church is, is today, not what it's supposed to be, it, what it is today. So when it says that in the last days, uh, uh, I won't take too long on this, but in the last phrase, in the last days, it's the phrase you find in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, in the last days I'll pour out my spirit. And so the last days already began with the coming of the Holy Spirit. And all from that time, 2,000 years or so years ago, up to today, we're living in the last days. And the days that we're living in is the, is the days of the church uh, that's elevated among the hills and among the mountains of the world. And mountains are a way of speaking of influences and uh, structure of society. And, and, and according to Isaiah, the church is, is not supposed to be, it is the chief among the influences of the world. It is the chief among the structure of the world. It's, it's above every other mountain. He also says that uh, in those days, which are the days that we're living in, the people are going to be rushing into the, they're going to stream up to that mountain. So uh, I'm not going to develop that Jerusalem and Mount Zion are representative of the church. I think you guys uh, know that. And, and I think the people there will know that as well. So, so, so it means that the people are supposed to be, are, are not supposed to be, they are streaming into the church. I, I want to differentiate from supposed to be as, and, and, and that they are, they are doing it because 
this is the prophetic picture that we have of how the church actually is today. And then it also says that the law will go out from Zion, the word from Jerusalem. So, so people are coming into the church and the church is dispersing the wisdom of God, the word of God, the instruction of God, how to live life. This is, this is the time in which we live in. Now, in the New Testament, Jesus says, you are a hill, you are, you are a light, a city on a hill that cannot be hid. And nobody lights a lamp and puts it underneath. So, so really, um, uh, although he says nobody does that, I think he implies that it's possible to live in such a way that although you are the chief among the mountain and although you are the light on the hill, that you just don't shine at all. Sure. But the prophetic calendar is that in the time that we're in now, we are not trying to be the chief among the mountains. We're not trying to have people come into the church. People are already coming to church. We're not trying to send the word out. We are already designed to be able to do this. This is already uh, uh, in our nature and in our DNA. Yes, that's right. And so we find ourselves in as exciting days as what you read in the book of Acts. Really, we are in as exciting days as, as, uh, as what, what Paul and Peter uh, uh, and Barnabas were doing and, and the, the spread of the gospel that they were saying, that's exactly, exactly without any change at all, without change of power, change of the significance of the word, of the wisdom, uh, of, the, of the power for, for, of the Holy Spirit, the miracles, without a shade of, of, of uh, difference. It's exactly the same. I, I find this a tremendous encouragement even though we look around ourselves and we think man things look dire things don't look like they're going the way they're supposed to go and all of these things but you know when we look at the prophetic word when we look at the prophetic calendar we've been given we are living in the days where the church Amen. is making a difference Amen. and and uh, and it's 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 important to say that um Part of how you make the difference. Uh, so uh, I'm not just concerned about making big statements into the council, into the government, and that's important. Uh, but if you've read the book of uh, Ephesians, as you have, you know that uh, all the big things that the church is supposed to be is discussed in chapter one to chapter three. And then after that, Paul narrows down into the detail uh, so, uh, God, Jesus gave us ministries. We need to live uh, with one another. We need to stop lying. We need to work with our hands. And it boils it down to very practical issues, including how you live with your husband, how you live with your wife, how you discipline your children, how you treat your employer, your employees. It all just boils down to the nitty gritty, so to speak. And I want to say, to use that to say this, to say that the, the prophetic calendar that we've seen where the churches chief among the mountains it starts it boils down down right to the basics of life yes. Good. so how i live in relationship with you is important yes. for how we influence the things in the world how i communicate with you how we love one another how we share with one another how i treat my sons how i treat my daughters-in-law you know uh, all of those things are important how how my you know if i'm working how I, I respond to my employers whether i take paper from my employers and print at home or you know <laughs> all those things 
are significant for how the church expresses this huge influence that God has given us in this day and age. And so even before we start thinking of whether we can speak into government, you know, the prophetic voice into government or into the local council or into this that organization and that organization, just start, just start by being faithful at home, being faithful with your family, with your children, with your wife, being faithful in how you manage your finances, being faithful in how you treat your uh, older folk, your father, your mother, you know, the, the Paul talks about us, honor your father and mother. Uh, just basic, simple, everyday life is what blossoms the whole church yeah. into this community that has significance for the world today. And what the world is looking for, in one sense, is not some major voice, so to speak. It's tell us how, because we're all confused, I mean, the, the, the world is confused on some very basic stuff. But we need some voice that's going to tell us this is how a marriage is this is how you raise children this is how you you live with your employers this is how you you know treat older folk this is how you look after parents that have uh, you know they they're grown and they're tired and this is how you 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 watch over them you honor them you you, you parents don't exasperate your children it, it's all that simple basic gospel stuff but the power of it was in, in uh, Ephesians 3 verse 10 is so that now through the church the wisdom of God may be displayed in our world and so rather than be overwhelmed by well what where can I start how can I you no know, just start with simple things make sure you pray make sure you read your Bible make sure you're in contact with the, with the believers make sure you're in fellowship with them just start from there Yes. Uh, treat everyone as as a as a as a as, as an image bearer of God, you know. Honor every other person you meet and, and respect them and respect their property and and just develop that. And the more we do that, the more the difference is going to be between the world and ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, Isaiah takes on in, in later on. I think it's Isaiah sixty. Says, "Arise, shine, your light has come, and the glory of God is risen on you." And how we arise. Is not in bound and uh, going to protest. It's really just taking, embracing the word of God and making it a real part of our lives today. Wonderful. Thanks, Ezekiel. Man, I'm preached up. But uh, <laughs> but what what we want to do is, you know, you, we've, we're, we're a praying church here in Southport, and we would love to be able to pray for the All Nations Church family, for yourself and Mahonga as you lead the church there with your team. And is there some, a few things specifically that we could pray into in these days? Yes, indeed. I mean, uh, like we've said, we've already begun to see uh, whether two of our youth get saved over the lockdown period. Um, and uh, I've mentioned some of the testimonies before of people that have um, started associating with ourselves. And uh, we've had some lady who she says we baptized and she hasn't she hasn't come back to the church for a while uh but but she has been watching and she has contacted us on uh, on messenger and said listen i want to be part of the church again i've missed being part of the church so we we're seeing a lot more of that so really we we want to see the church uh continually increase in uh, both spiritually and in and in and numerically 
Um, and I, I believe that we're beginning to see if that even, you know, sort of um, becoming bigger uh, and bigger. Uh, we want the kingdom to come in Oldham. You know, I, I think you are aware in the news recently, Oldham uh, has been covered a lot with COVID. Yeah. Uh, and some of the images are not very positive of what's going on in Oldham. Um, a few years ago, maybe nearly 15 years ago, we had BBC come and they found pictures of people drunk in the town centre on a Saturday in Oldham, and this was broadcast as well. And our prayer has always been that we want to see, uh, we want to see that change. We want, to, we want the BBC to come back here uh, to record the impact of the kingdom of God in our town. Wonderful. Uh, we've been given a word that we're going to have influence in the city, uh, that we're going to speak into the civic authorities. We'd like you to pray with us uh, into that. Um, we'd like you to pray for us in terms of leadership. Uh, at the moment, I'm the only elder here. We thank God for some of the young people we have around uh, in the church, and we're praying for uh, uh, truly a plurality if I can say that word early in the morning well, it's not no, early now. we'll, we'll just the leave the zoom link plurality it's okay it's fine <laughs> so well at that point <laughs> you know uh, plurality of elders to, to see that uh, yeah. really established and uh, and, uh, and and because we want to see uh, we want to make sure that there's a leadership in place for uh, for the growth that we are anticipating to come yeah, uh, to us. So th those are some of the things we'd like you to pray with us and, and also to also for, for us to continually use uh, media effectively, uh, even if we get to a place where COVID is no longer a factor in our society, but we still need to continue to use that medium uh, in the way that we've learned to use. Yeah, because you're, you're, you're having an influence, and this is true, I think, of a number of our churches where you're having an influence that wakes, extends beyond just the, the parameters of your local church family, aren't you? Um, I, I know I was talking with Mike Sunsmith in Swansea LifePoint, and they were, they were just saying, we don't know where all these people are coming from that are watching uh, the various media stream stuff that they're doing. Yes. But they, they nearly call it as though it's a, um, they've got four congregations there, but they call it like the fifth campus, these people who are finding their way into faith yes. and life and family through the technology. Yes. We've all been forced into doing this, haven't we? And we would have yes. done it yes. unless we were in this situation. So you guys are squeezing every little bit of goodness out of what you can. Uh, hopefully we're doing the same. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you say about the, uh, the online start thing being like a, another, almost like another congregation. What we have done here is that we've had uh, the older folk in the church who are challenged with technology. We have made provision for them. As you know, government allows us to places of worship to open. Yeah. Uh, and we have uh, made provision between 10 and 15 keep the stream together. Yeah. Uh, but then you also have uh, uh, the people that are online. Who are part of the church and what's what's beginning to happen so the last two sundays we have had visitors people just walked into the meeting who we had not witnessed or invited they just walked into the meeting and, and they say i just need to have some some discussion about where my life is with god
And so indeed what's happening is we, we're talking the other day with Mahongo that you could actually end up having uh, the building full of people who are just coming in from this, you know, uh, and and yet you still have your your church that the church that has been part of the church all the time online you know you could still you know that could still develop uh, but yeah it's exciting times I believe yeah brilliant thank you so much Ezekiel for yeah. spending this time with us there is so much gold in that um, and uh, we just want you to know that we love you yeah. we're praying for you. And uh, we are thrilled to hear all the stuff that God is doing um, in your community and through your community as well. Brilliant. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you for having me. Appreciate that. Thank you, Ezekiel. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Community Church Podcast. For more information about the Community Church and what they do, please visit communitychurch.org.uk. We'll see you next time.